Hello and welcome to episode 22 of Good Gains Well Played. I'm JCM. With us this week is Ms. Ayat. Hello. And we are here to talk about FanFest. <laughs> probably not immediately. We'll talk. We'll say thanks. That's going to be the bigger thing to probably talk about. So we'll just do a quick runoff of some of the bits of news that happened this week. So one of the things that happened was Remnant from the Ashes got the free next-gen upgrade on PS5 and Xbox Series. I believe that game was also a PlayStation Plus title at one point, wasn't it? I feel like it was. I'll have to go back and look at my library because I'm, I think Isley wanted to play that or my cousin then. I wasn't interested at the time, but if it's got a free upgrade for next-gen, I can probably check it out, especially if it's going to be kind of like that that Outriders kind of fix where it's got that same kind of gameplay loop. Like Maybe it could be kind of fun. Mm-hmm. The uh, There's going to be a closed beta in June for Final Fantasy VII, The First Soldier. That's that Battle Royale that's on mobile. So if you're looking forward to that, you can try it. Uh, EA is teasing the Battlefield Six reveal for June, which I'm very much looking forward to. Then Xbox is making the quick resume feature on their console much um, faster, as well as being able to identify which games are currently active in that feature. So that's cool to see. Then Skull and Bones, the game no one remembers, got delayed yet again to 2022. Is it ever going to come out? I don't think so. And it's, it's really disappointing because if that game had hit, yeah. you know, actually a couple years after Black Flag, it would have been really cool. Like if it mm-hmm. had hit in 2015, but, you know, or even 2014, like just, well, that would have been tough to hit right after, you know, because Black Flag came out when the console and PS4 launched, and that was 2013. So it's like that November. And then all of a sudden in 2014, now they're not going to have a game. But you figured they could have done something. I think the biggest problem they had was that they could have, if they stuck with their original vision where you weren't a captain of a ship, you were just controlling like an armada of ships. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, which is kind of exactly what you do in Black Flag. I mean, you're not, you're not down on the deck when you're sailing the seas and you're doing ship combat you're up in the aerial view it's only goes down when you dock and you actually explore somewhere but i think because they wanted to expand what you actually do and make yourself a captain so you can walk around recruit people i guess like they needed to rework their entire system so i think that's why it's probably taken even even longer like it could have been a great like you know 30 dollar game like just mm-hmm. have those mechanics you know expand on it a bit i guess but uh then there's also ea play is going to have a live showcase coming in july which is interesting I'm guessing that means, which kind of doesn't bode well for the Battlefield 6 reveal, because I feel like that's going to be, oh, here's the 6 reveal. It's the trailer. We'll talk about stuff. But the gameplay reveal, that's going to be in July. So you're going to have to wait like another month for the full-on gameplay reveal. But we'll see what happens there. Uh, There was some weird comment by Gabe Newell. He was talking at the uh, Santa Maria College, or Sancta Maria College in Auckland, New Zealand, uh, this week and a student asked him you know if there would be if steam would be porting games to consoles to which he said you will have a better idea of that by the end of this year which doesn't necessarily mean yes or no mm-hmm. but it also a lot of people kind of point out and i kind of thought about it as well is you know psvr 2 is coming out at some point and they revamped their controller which looks much more in line with the kind of stuff you'd see from the the vive or the the index you know stuff like that where it's it's not it not a wand it looks like it looks like they're controllers you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so i feel like half-life it's possible that half-life alex could come to psvr2 and i know some people also say that well they made that to help sell their console or their their headset 
it's like, well, their headset's also really expensive and you need a good rig to do it. So it's prohibitively expensive. Whereas if people already have, I'm assuming the VR, it'll be interesting to see if the PSVR 2 can only work on PlayStation 5, which would be nice because then that means it's using more horsepower, especially if the console is kind of driving some of that processing. But yeah, it, I feel like just make it available everywhere because you want people to play your game. Like you figure at, at some point, plus it's been out for so long on just, I mean, at the by the time PSVR 2 comes out, it'll been over a year since Alex has been on the market. So you figure you're probably going to hit all the main players at that point on PC. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So there's no harm in releasing it on console. Then we also had uh, Remedy apparently has, you know, a lot of games in development and they've confirmed they started working on their next game. I believe, that, yeah, they have six publicly or they have, uh, meaning the studio has six publicly announced games yet to reveal that the way this article, this line was written is, is jumbled, but basically they have six projects in the works. One they're currently working on for sure. It's a new game. And then the rest they haven't revealed yet. So at some point they will reveal what they're working on. Then we had two new controller colors for PlayStation five. We have the midnight black and cosmic red. And I really like the red one. Yeah, it looks so nice. Yeah, I, I, because I, I liked when the PS5 controller first came out. There was an online distributor for the black faceplate, which actually pops off pretty easily. Uh, it comes with a tool to help do it, and you can replace the faceplate color. And there was like they do standard gold, silver, I think like a metallic blue. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought like, oh, that's really cool because it's nice to just have something change with the white. But you had the red; just it looks real nice. Like man, now I'm wondering if that'd be great if Sony released, you know, red and black faceplates for the PlayStation Five itself. Because right now the only thing you can do is get the D brand skins. Uh, then Google Stadia, or Google insists that Stadia remains alive and well despite studio closures. So, uh huh, okay. Well, it's like, yeah, we're we're uh, you know, who's making we, your games? Yeah, we have over 100 new games launching on St- on Stadia in 2021. It's like, yeah, but you, what about all your studios you closed? Okay. Yeah. And we'll see what happens there. Uh, Housemark confirmed that they're searching for a returnal autosave solution, but it's not going to be easy because of the way the game was designed. They are finding it really difficult to kind of implement this feature by the get it to to actually work within the way the systems because it wipes everything. That's why I thought when we speculated before how you already have a mechanic that saves everything you have to respawn you if you die. I feel like maybe they can just take that mechanic and apply it to the items that just have you store it towards not so much a save solution, but I figured they're just going to stick with the save solution. So I'll be curious to see when it's going to happen. Uh, speak, keeping up with the Returnal, they also, Housemark said that they found out about the $70 price tag the same time everyone else did, what I thought was really funny, um, which makes sense because they're not a first party. So, but yeah, the uh, the marketing director, Mikhail uh, Haveri, shared internal demos of Returnal uh, continually uh, or he said that the shared internal demos of Returnal continually impressed Sony, who were funny in the game. After each demo, the studio showed Sony. Uh, Havari says Housemark got a little bit more availability to scope it out more and more to grow the game. So it seemed like every time they're like, hey, this is what we got. And Sony's like, oh, we like that. Here's some more money. They're do some more. And they do some more. And they kept scoping in more and more and more, making it bigger and bigger. And he's like, and then suddenly, you know, they learn that, oh, this game's going to be $70 next to everybody else who learned it when they got announced. When other games that Housemark has done have been like 20 bucks or 30 bucks. So that was a surprise to them as well. But I, I think it's definitely worth it. Then 
Xbox Series and uh, X and S are also going to be getting uh, Dolby Vision HDR soon, so that'll be good for them, for people that have compatible televisions. We also have... Oh, and then basically this will just segue into Final Fantasy. So the release date for Endwalker got announced. It'll be coming out on November 19th. I'll say, no, sorry, November 23rd. 19th mm-hmm. is for the players who pre-order. They can play it a little bit early. Yeah, it's and early then, access. Yeah, and then the 5.55 patch, which also officially launches on PS5, comes out on the 25th of this month. So mm-hmm. that will be good for PlayStation 5 players. I'm curious, I'm assuming it obviously went pretty well. Like I said, I didn't do delve deep enough into it. But we can go ahead and transition over now to the... Final Fantasy 14 news for Endwalker and everything else at FanFest. So I did see they announced a new job. Mm-hmm. I guess it was a secret one people didn't know about called Reaper, mm-hmm. which is being looks like it's being memed pretty hard. Bloodborns, I see that getting referenced to that. <laughs> yeah. uh, but they have a scythe, which I thought was really cool because in 11, I always associated the scythe with Dark Knights, but then mm-hmm. eventually the meta changes once you level up Dark Knight to be like, oh, you need a great sword. And it was always great swords. Mm-hmm. And then in Endgame, it's like, oh, K-Club, get the K-Club. It's like, okay, but they never use Scythe in the endgame. Um, people walked around with them just for like a glamour purpose, but you never saw Dark Knights really use them. And I was like, the Scythe is such a cool weapon. So it's pretty, I like seeing this character just attack with the Scythe. I think it looks really fun. Of course, it's a, another DPS class, which I feel like there's an abundance of in 14. There is, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, that's interesting. And I saw as well that this will be the, I don't have it saved, but this will be the end to the Heidelin story with the blanking on their names. Zodiac. Zodiac. Uh, I Astians. guess. Astians. Astians. Yeah. Astians. Yeah. Uh, so it's going to be the end of that. So this is like going to wrap up everything essentially. Yeah. It's going to, from the story, basically from 1.0 and a realm reborn up until now, it's going to finish that whole arc. And then they said that it's going to finish in 6.0. So 6.1 going forward will be setting up an entirely new story arc. So for like the, it'll be like game. the aftermath, like, okay, everything's resolved. Yeah. Okay. Now what it's probably gonna be like, okay, what are we going to do after the fact? It's kind of like in, yeah. I just finished season four of Castlevania. We're like episode nine is like the finale. And then episode 10 is like the aftermath. It's like, okay. Now it's like it, versus most shows are like the finale is the last one. It's like, okay, 6.0 finale and then everything else is like okay now what let's take a breather and then we'll see what happens next (laughs) yeah but that'll last probably like you know two quests because fuck everybody in their day (laughs) in final fantasy 14 honestly but um but yeah they said it's all gonna wrap up in 6.0 so they're alluding to the fact that it's going to be larger than the previous initial expansion launches um, so there's going to be a lot of extra content because they have to obviously fit quite a bit of story in there to to wrap everything up and to answer all of that. But 5.55 is going to be the lead up to that. And then it'll all finish in 6.0 and then 6.1 going forward. There will probably be a couple patches of like like cleanup stuff or like just kind of wrapping up side storylines and, and stuff like that. And then from then on, it's going to be leading up to whatever their new original storyline is going to be. Now, 
so we're gonna do some spoilers here because I kind of want to recap some of the stories. Up. So now, Heidelin, we talked before, isn't like really a god. They're just like an ancient entity, essentially. It's been there from kind of the beginning. They were Heidelin and Zoniark were technically the first primals. Okay, right, right. That's right. Okay, so now, so the is like the Asians. They they go. They like they follow Zodiac or do they? Yeah, kind of thing. Okay. And so the the Ashians are there's like the main character ones like La Habrea and mm-hmm. um, Ingyorum and everybody like that. They're part of what's called the Convocation of Fourteen, and the Convocation is what summoned Zodiac to stop the calamity that was like destroying the planet right. at the time. Right. But Zodiac was throwing off the balance, so another group supposedly. This is like end of Shadowbringers spoiler. Supposedly, yeah. Asm, who we are as the player supposed to be, is part of the group that summoned Hydaelyn. Okay, that's right. It was it was a balanced thing where like yeah, it, there was too much chaos kind of situation going on. So now, what I remember from from Shadowbringers is that they were trying to stop a calamity to their world, and like fifty percent of them sacrificed themselves to create the energy needed to save them. And by doing that, they didn't they like fractured their world into like multiple realities kind of situation? Yeah. So yeah. it was originally just the one, just the one world. Mm-hmm. And then it fractured everything into 14 different shards. Right. Um, and then so each one is like a parallel world, basically. And basically the Asians are going to each one causing the calamity to kind of and like pull it back into the original. Right. Yeah. Like they Every- need to- Destroyed. So the one that we're on or the, the one that like we're living on and playing on is called the source. So it's like the original. So we're the, that's right. We are the OG. Yeah, we are the OG. And then every calamity has been a world, another shard or another world that they have destroyed with a calamity and whatever element they destroyed that planet with caused that calamity on the source. So it's right, like right. putting that ether back into the source it's yeah it's the chain it's the reaction of bringing in that much energy back into the yeah the source causes like okay well we need to it's like sucking it in just causes some damage okay that's right yeah we are, we are the og okay that, that's right i was trying to remember and then so we don't we got like you go against heidelin in Shadowbringers, right isn't that kind of the idea or is that why I become dark knight or something like that um, so, no, the, the point is, um, in Shadowbringers, when you go to the first, the problem is it was like a half calamity and it was an overabundance of light. So okay. the first is in like a perpetual state of light. There's no nighttime anymore. And it's been like that for like a hundred years or something like that. So becoming technically the warrior of darkness, you're now going and restoring the balance of ether so that there's a nighttime in each of the areas again. That's technically why you're called the warrior of darkness okay so now their end goal the Asians, were always to to destroy all the other places to bring back the 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 prime essentially mm-hmm. how it was to yeah. return the balance so now at the end of shattering is do you essentially stop that process or do you just is it are they still doing the background like is it just done and now you have these the you have the one that has the partial has the light well, i'm assuming in shattering as you fixed it but like you have all these places that have already got destroyed and sucked into the prime <clears throat> are they just do you just give up do they give up like okay well the remainder of them are just gonna have to be there 
Well, the thing is that Shadowbringers, we killed all the Asians. Okay. So you kill Emmet Selk, who's like the second to last one. And then Elidibus is the last one. And he was technically, he had the position of the heart of Zodiac. So he was the one that essentially like sacrificed himself to be a vessel for Zodiac. Okay. And then you fight him and send him on his way. And then so all of the, they're called the Unsundered. They were the only ones that um, remained their like whole true powerful selves after the shards and everything like that. They're all gone now. So the one that we're fucking with now or the one that's fucking with us has like a completely different agenda. And he makes it very clear that like his purpose or his goal is not to finish the rejoining. It's at this point, he says it's just to cause chaos he just wants to destroy everything he doesn't want to rejoin the world he doesn't want to recreate amaral he just wants to destroy everything so he's like the last one but i think he's not technically he wasn't technically a member of the convocation so he's just kind of like we we don't know where the fuck he came from okay he's like the joker from the dark knight yeah pretty much he's just like i'm here to cause problems and that's my purpose so now the, these other shards, <clears throat> essentially, these like parallel worlds, we'll call them. Mm-hmm. Um, are they just all fine and dandy? Like there's life on all the ones that weren't touched. Like they're just chilling. Yeah. Okay. The and only now- one that was oh, the only one that was completely destroyed. No. No, I'm thinking the one that was completely destroyed by darkness is called the Void now. Um, so they're all kind of like. It was like a, it was kind of like a point of the plot, and I can't remember the details of it, but it's like you can't just destroy the world. It leaves behind some kind of like trace or some kind of problem. That's why the one that was destroyed by darkness is the void now. That's where all of the like demons and stuff live. Hmm. And is it to traverse to these other places? Is it like a, a big to do? Yeah. Can like, okay. So it, the Ashians can do it. They're pretty much the only ones that can. Going into the first in Shadowbringers was a big fucking problem because the Crystal Exarch was doing it and he didn't know how to do it. So he was basically just causing problems until he managed to pull us into the first. Okay. So it's not like Sid flies his ship into a portal. Exactly. And it's like, hey, we're good. Yeah. It's a it's a thing. Now, do you do you meet like? normal people who are who are living on these mm-hmm. like I, I don't know okay you do okay so like do they know like or do you inform like yo you you guys aren't the original you're just a a part of a copy no because each shard that broke off from the source became its own world so it it progressed and developed differently so it's it's its own like creatures and areas but they're all kind of a like a vague reflection of the source. So mm-hmm. the way that they kind of illustrate this is if you take the, the map of the first and kind of overlay it on Aorzea, you can pinpoint where specific places on the first coincide with the source and all these other areas. And there's these kind of like reflections of each other and these like parallel things. But for example, on the first, there's no dragons because Midgard Solmer went, dragons are aliens in Final Fantasy XIV, if you didn't know. Midgard Solmer went to the source after it was already split. 
So there's only dragons on the source. There's no dragons on the other shards, as far as we know, anyway. Hmm. Now, is that why? Is that how they were able to introduce the the male cat race, the Manthras, essentially? Yeah. So hmm. there, and all of the races have different names on the first, and like uh, Lalafels, they're called dwarves, and they have like their own completely different like culture and everything, mm -hmm. and that's where. Um, yeah, there's like the Frothgar, they're called something else on the first, I can't remember. But each race has like a different name and they have like different um, qualities to them and stuff like that. Yeah, I was, I was wondering, I was like, okay, well, if they got all this, like I'm like, okay, well, Endwalker, are they going to, I was like, are all these places going to get pulled back in? It's like, that means they'd have to destroy them and they're just going to live in harmony. Mm -hmm. But yeah. we don't know. It'd be interesting to see what happens uh, or hear what happens, I guess, from from you and my cousin, because I'm sure you'll both be playing <laughs> Endwalker once it comes out. Yep. Will it be like, well, I guess, I guess it will, like we already talked about, it will be 6.0 will be the complete story. It's not going to mm -hmm. be like, it need a little bit extra like some of the other ones where it's like expands upon. Okay, here's a little more. Here's a little more. Yeah, they're, they were very adamant, especially at this one particularly, because this is where they released the full trailer with the rest of the areas that we're going to go to and and uh, announce the new job and everything like that. And like a lot more kind of like little details and things you'll encounter and stuff like that. They were pretty adamant about the fact like this is going to finish this story when the expansion comes out. So all of the MSQ that'll be available when the expansion launches will be what finishes the story arc. Yeah, yeah, it'd be really interesting to see what they do going forward. If they like pass the baton to some other, you know, game director or writing staff or something like that, and have them come up with a whole new, new arc, that's got to be tough too. Because I, I, I feel like that's always the problem with where games just increase in their scope and their scale, especially fourteen. It's like, ah, oh, this is just a small thing. It's the. Mm -hmm. It's the Empire. Oh, and then it's this. Oh, it's another primal. Oh, it's this thing. It's that. Oh, it's parallel worlds. And then it's like, <laughs> how much more do you go? It's like, I don't, it's like, I don't know how you would, unless you go to like an entirely different planet in, in other parts of the, the game's universe or something. Well, we're going to the moon, which is yeah. apparently where the Ashians live. But other than that, so. like, yeah, once this is like, finished they wouldn't drop any hints whatsoever anytime anybody asked like oh well you know what's the kind of trajectory like nothing they did an interview during the live letter with the main scenario writer natsuko ishikawa and she was constantly like i'm gonna stop talking because if i keep talking i'm going to reveal something that i don't intend to reveal or hint at something that i don't even intend to hint at so they're very very tight-lipped about what it is and not even saying like if anything that happens in 6.0 is going to hint at what might happen afterwards or anything like that, they're just like, nope, this is the end of it. That's all we're going to say. So it's good to know, at least, that they have an idea. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. That's, uh, I'm sure they're already working on it. So, yeah. Was one of the worlds that you went to, was it like, eh, probably not, but was it like a place where it's like, oh, this is clearly FF11 inspired? like no because the only one we've been to is the first okay um so the other shards that's a theory though that one of the other shards is vanadil <laughs> it's just straight up vanadil because it could be you know yeah. so that's a lot of the theory they don't um 
They don't go into a lot of detail of the other shards because, I mean, canonically, they don't know anything about them. I think the only thing they talk about is um, the ones that were destroyed and they know like what element ether they were destroyed with or something like that. Yeah. But as far as like the ones that are still alive and thriving, they don't in the game, you don't know anything about them. So they're just kind of like, well, they're they're there, but we will probably never go to them. And everybody's thinking like, mm, are you sure about that? Yeah, like the warrior of life's going to turn into like a UN peacekeeper where it's like, you know, we saved the OG one. We're pretty good right now. We stopped the crazy person. Let's uh, let's go help out one of these other shards. We we know mm-hmm. they need a they need to handle some stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could see that that being a thing, but then you feel like it would just be small scale again, where it's like you're just dealing with stuff on that that world essentially. That's not that really big of a problem. Because then you have to think of like, oh well, we can. We can think of expansions to have on all of these different shards, but how are they going to tie into each other to create another story arc? Or is it just going to be like filler episodes until some other like multi-dimensional calamity tries to destroy everything in existence? Yeah, because it would be interesting if it was like 7.0 was, you know, you do a thing. It's it's more like bite-sized, like, oh, here's this planet, mm-hmm. you know, or this this world to go to. And if it was like a... You know, like what Marvel's going to do with the What If series, where everything's twisted. It's like, oh, you see characters who you know, maybe they, I don't know if they'd exist in the world, but like they could do it like, but instead this person went this way or like this person went this way. Like they, they're not quite, there's a Sid, but he's like a kind of an evil Sid or something like, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like a little, little twist, but I feel like that would be too, I don't know, like cliche, I guess, or the parallel world kind of stuff. But I'm predicting a Wings of the Goddess expansion at some point. Where we go back in time to, I don't know, like a like a previous a ple- a previous age or calamity or something like that. I want to go to Maricidia because that's where the dragons live, so I'm biased. But um, something like that where we go back in time to fix something because they've already got time travel bullshit in the game anyway. It's just it's kind of like side content ish because it's all to do with Alexander. So uh, they could do that. Take me back in time. I want to see. I want to see Maricidia. Yeah, they do could. That. They could pull like a a Skyrim thing where the the whole point of that was that the the main evil dragon he got sent three hundred years into the future. That's why suddenly he showed up in Skyrim. Mm-hmm. Uh, like because the people that defeated him, they didn't defeat him. They just sent him forward in time. So it could be something like that. Really, like maybe someone shows up forward in time, and then they're like. You gotta come back, Marty. (laughs) And then you you hop in the Chocobo DeLorean and (laughs) Chocolorian. Yeah, Chocolorian and go, you know, go go back in time. And there you go. Or the Regalia. There you go. Use that. (laughs) (laughs) Just uh, tie in that crossover. Oh, they're bringing back that crossover, by the way. So if anybody didn't do that, you should go get your car. I don't know if I want. I don't need it. Well, it flies, I guess. It flies. It's funny. Everything everything flies. Everything does, yeah. I have the ultimate mount now, so I don't think I'll use any other mount ever. So there you go. And um, yeah, I'll be curious to see what it does because it'll be it'll be nice. It's kind of nice knowing that this is like the final bit. So that way, if I when I do get in everything, it's like at least I can go through each of the story chunks Mm -hmm. and be like, okay, finish Heaven's Ward, finish this one, finish that one, then do Endwalker and be like. All right, now I've I've seen everything, mm-hmm. but yeah, we'll uh, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, November is going to be an interesting. They normally come out in November, so usually the, the no, time frame. they usually come out in the summer because usually 
it was supposed to be <clears throat> FanFest was supposed to be last November. And then usually the expansion comes out in like June or July of the next year. Yeah, I guess because of the COVID delays and the COVID and everything, they pushed to the they had to push it back to all the way to November. And they said um they originally when they first showed the first Endwalker trailer, it said fall 2021, and it's coming out the end of November. And they were like, you know what? It's still fall in Japan. We'll count it. There you go. Like at the very end of fall. That's funny. I never even considered that that when they say fall, they mean the the season for their their region. Yeah, because like, always... technically it counts. Yeah, I always you know I think of it from a North America perspective, but yeah, that, that's funny. <laughs> so, have you? Is there anything you need to do now to prep for five point five, or are you pretty much all set in fourteen? I'm pretty much all set. I just want to finish my relics because in five point five five, they're going to add the last relic step. So if I can get at least one relic up to that point and get it finished, that'll kind of be like my goal before Endwalker comes out is to finish at least one of them. Um, all of them would be nice or to get them to like kind of towards the final stage would be nice. But I've never actually finished a relic set before, like uh, start to finish for every expansion, like get the ultimate upgrade for the relic. So that's just kind of my personal goal for that. Um, they did say that um, Ishikawa said that when Shadowbringers came out, they hinted at the fact that everybody should do the Crystal Tower series because it tied in heavily to Shadowbringers. And they said that this time there's not really going to be that, but there's going to be a lot of reference to stuff that wasn't necessarily in the MSQ, primarily Binding Coil because it's, it has to do with uh, Bahamut and the, the twins and Louis Swan and everything like that. And we're going to Old Charlayan, where all the Scions are from. So it's going to tie a lot into that. And then um, she did hint that the Omega raid storyline would probably have a lot of like clues or kind of hints as far as like what's going to be done and what needs to happen in the story and stuff like that and i actually haven't finished that one so maybe i'll do that i don't think i can solo that though so i might need to actually do that one with other people yeah and i guess it's at least it's kind of right around the corner it's just it, i know it's gonna be that waiting game but i mean that's not mm -hmm. it's just a, a little over a week yep just a week until the patch update and then just waiting for there there's there's of course going to be smaller patches and stuff um, they had like a whole roadmap lined out of all of the things that are going to happen as far as like updates and events and stuff like that before Endwalker comes out, but no like major story updates or anything like that. It's the 5.55 is going to be what leads into Endwalker. Yeah, it's going to be quite a wait to go from finishing that up and you're like, all right, got to wait for uh, <laughs> the big expansion to come out now. It's going to take... If it's going to feel like it's going to take a thousand years, yeah. especially because it's probably going to end off on some bullshit like, all right, well, I just have to live with that for the next few months lingering <laughs> over my head, I guess. Like, goddamn. Like, great. Now I'm thinking about it, building my own headcanon. <laughs> well, I know that person isn't dead because they're in the trailer, but now I'm concerned that they were a CG character in the trailer, so they might die at some point. Yeah. So have you been playing anything else besides 14 or just a... 14 still pretty much just 14 just grinding away at my 
stupid relics. I don't know what possessed me to do it and to do multiple of them, by the way, but here we are. Yeah, it's rough. Do it <laughs> now, let's do some more. Yeah, let's do another one. Yeah. Um, you're like, oh, that step was pretty easy. We'll just go ahead and do the other one. Then you get to the next step. You're like, I have four weapons that I need to do this for. I have to run Circus Tower uh, 60 times. Oh, yikes. Oh, my God. <laughs> At least oh, it goes fast. Wasn't like one of the steps early on for some stuff like the the what was the thing where it was the book grinding? Was that for the That was for Oh my god, was that for a realm were born or heaven's word? I think it was for a realm were born. You had to you got the little individual books that you had to fill. Yeah, that was a realm were born. Oh my god, that was like <laughs> so obnoxious. I went through all of that so that I could make the Heaven's Word Summoner Relic, and I never finished it. Oh, no. God. I still have the quest in my log that's like, fill up the light for your Summoner book. I don't even play Summoner anymore. Do they? <laughs> Can I do this for Dragoon? They made a lot of stuff like easier. You know, you got like the the bots that you can play with, yada, yada, stuff. Mm-hmm. Old, older content's easier for people coming back in or who haven't actually played. Do they make that grind for like AF and the weapons and stuff like easier? The actual grind? No, I don't think they reworked anything. But if you wanted to go back and make the relics, you can pretty much do it on your own very, very quickly. So if I wanted to finish my summoner relic from Heaven's Word, um, I'm at the stage where you have to collect a certain amount of like light or ether or something Mm -hmm. like that. And you do that by doing specific duties, not... And it doesn't matter if you do them synced or not. So I could pick the one that gives me the most light and just solo it, which I think is one of the Alexander tiers or something like that. Or you could do like any of the Savage tiers, which I could probably solo in about a minute on Summoner now. So if I wanted to go and do it, I could just go in and do it. So the tasks are still the same. It's just easier to do those tasks. It's just easier to do the content. So you don't need a whole party of people who could clear that content consistently and quickly you can just go in and do it by yourself yeah it's like needing to build like a bookshelf that has 60 screws but now you only have 20 so it's like it's faster (laughs) you still got to build it yeah yeah Uh, that's that's good to know yeah i don't who knows if i'll actually go back because and do that it always seemed like because i always hated doing that because like by the time you finish it's like oh well now there's new gear or new new stuff it's like now now this is pointless why did i do this <laughs> like i guess yeah. if i played nonstop, it made sense but the, the, they said the finished relic is supposed to be the base of it is slightly better than the best savage weapons that you can get right now but you can customize them with specific stats and right. stuff like that now so you can make it way better yeah, but you're that. probably going to replace it at some point in Endwalker pretty quickly before the end of 6.0. So it's I want it because it's shiny. Yeah, I guess if you want to glamour it, you could. Can you glamour yeah. weapons? Yeah, you can. OK. And you can okay. buy replica relics. So once you oh, finish nice. a relic stage and it moves on to the next one, you can go back and buy a replica of the previous one if you want it to look like that stage. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, so you you also said you finished or you watched someone play through all of Resident Evil Village, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I, I finished that up this week on uh, Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday, something like that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I finished this week. <laughs> yeah, uh, I 
I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, it, I don't know if it's the best Resident Evil, but I, mm-hmm. I, I like the game. I had a good time with. It. I like the. I talked about it in Discord, but I like the structure, the idea that oh, here's the village, kind of the hub, and then you do this section, and you know we talk about how it's like, oh, the village. Here's something that feels like Resident Evil Four, and here's a castle that kind of feels like the old school mansions or the police precinct, but with someone chasing you, like Mister X with the, you know, the daughters and uh, Lady D, and then it's like oh, here's a like some weird fish hamlet area that is like the boat section of Resident Evil 4. And here's this section. It's kind of like, well, nothing's, nothing's like the dollhouse. It's kind of just like its own creepy thing. But like, here's and PT. Here, yeah, here's PT. And here's the factory that's in every Resident Evil where all all the main shooting really starts happening. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I kind of like that it was segmented like that. And uh, there's it's crazy how much more there there actually was, considering the marketing was very much heavily the, the castle section because they don't want to show any of the other stuff yeah um but yeah i uh i really enjoyed it i liked uh the the duke character was involved way more than i thought like he gives a lot of exposition kind of tells ethan where to go you know and you know spoilers he kind of like he he takes you back at the end there he's like talking and stuff yeah he's like an actual character i like the yeah. duke he's a good yeah. character Again, dude falls in the factory. He was always falling asleep. <laughs> He's always waking up a little bit. How are you falling asleep in here, sir? I I should talk. Like I can sleep on the floor if I really am so inclined. So I guess I shouldn't judge. <laughs> yeah, I I I didn't really have any issues with the game. Like I I like the even with the inventory. Like it was weird to hear some people talk about having like inventory space issues. And I was always like, well, as long as you're buying the new one, I mean, I didn't sell any of the old guns. Like when I got the new shotgun, I still had the old shotgun. I got the new pistol. I still had the old pistol. I didn't get rid of anything, but yeah, I never like ran into any real storage problems, even though I, and I even had like a pretty, like they give you a lot of ammo in that game, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I never, I never ran into a problem there. Uh, I did. I didn't get to finish all the recipes. I, I must have missed some animals to farm. I got everyone except the last one, which I don't think it mattered. I forget what it was, but it was nothing. I don't think it was a, an important stat. But Oh, one of the like permanent upgrade meal things? Yeah. And those guard ones that you get are really good, especially once you get to the factory and those there's the drill guys with like mm-hmm. the, the heart piece you have to shoot because you just, I just blocked the, the strike and then just point blank him with a shotgun a couple times, take him out. Yeah, um, it was funny in that factory section. Though at one point, I was like running along, and Ethan's like, "It's dark." It's like, "Yeah, no shit." But then I, <laughs> I go in and I'm exploring, and then like uh, all of a sudden, I see the big, the Heisenberg notes talk about the big tank guy he made, mm-hmm. and also the big tank guy shows. I'm like, "I don't have time for you right now." So I run off and I go to this other room, and I like, kill some low level guys, and I, like, I'm looting the room. And also, I turn around and the tank dude's walking through the door. I'm like, "You followed me all the way here?" I was like. I didn't think he'd get to the doorway. <laughs> so I was like, all right, I guess we'll fight now. <laughs> so then fought him, opened up the box. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. I, I, I enjoyed it. I'm curious to see if they'll do any DLC like they did for 7. Because 7 had multiple bits of DLC. It had this little mini game one where you played, like, you played poker. And the idea was you're just some character kidnapped by the the younger guy who's actually not part of the family. He was working with the other company where he's just like spying on them, the effects of the mold. Mm-hmm. Uh, you fight him as Chris in the no, not a hero DLC, but 
uh, that was a fun little mini game. It's like a saw mini game essentially. Then there was the the only one I didn't play was the the Zoe one. I think it was called. Oh, the Zoe like, one was the best one. Yeah, where you're like the big, you're like the dad or whatever, and you but like, you just punch the mold monsters and. Yeah, you're her like uh, uncle or your oh okay. yeah, you're Jack's brother is what it is, and he lives in like a shack in the swamp, and he's just like fuck you, mole guy or whatever. He just starts punching shit. That was the best one. Yeah, I did. I think it it must have just came out like way late, and I got swamped. It was yeah, because it. Yeah. it was like the other ones came out pretty quick. Like I played the Chris DLC, not a hero. And then yeah, that one just like came out of nowhere. Uh, oh, there the the one that was like the escape room one that was pretty cool. Where you're like some character and the, oh yeah, the mother's feeding you all the gunk, but if you if you eat too much of it, you die. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a fun one. I like that one. Um, but yeah, they had some really fun, interesting DLC bits. Yeah, they did. I I wonder what they'll do for eight if they'll do something similar. Because yeah, the everybody was expecting the DLCs to just kind of be like more story stuff or like a horde mode and stuff like that, and they did like way different stuff with it. Yeah, I thought it was a uh, it was pretty cool because it was just like because you did get that story thing with you know you got the Chris thing and then mm-hmm. eventually you got the the Zoe one. Yeah, um, but yeah, all the other stuff in between I thought was really really fun. They're doing really good with Resident Evil. I'm pretty yeah, happy about that. I guess if they and the problem is too if they do DLC. I guess they could do DLC between the events of Aiden, the the epilogue because you know it's a clearly a it's a you know spoilers for Resident Evil. Uh, there's a time jump where suddenly you see the daughter, you know, and she's like a teenager or whatever. Mm-hmm. But so I don't know if it's like okay, do you fill in the gaps between that? Like do you like what do you do? I don't know. But and then I'm also curious like what they do with the franchise going forward. Like, will you play as Rose and then you're like sort of this bio weapon, but you're actually a person kind of thing to where you can control your powers. But then how do they balance that with the gameplay? Like, do they make it to where she it'll probably like, oh, there's some, you know, G virus mist that suppresses the power that she's got from the OG mold or I don't know, like, how are they going to how are they going to handle this going to be? interesting if if you end up playing as you know rose which i think could be pretty fun as long as they can find a nice balance to where maybe there's something she's scared of that suppresses it a bit or like maybe it drains her energy i don't know how who knows how they're gonna work in how the powers work but i would play a resident evil game as rose i would like something that's kind of more like uh senua where it's like the kind of uneasiness of horror of it comes from her specifically. Like she's scared of her own power or she loses control and stuff like that. I think that would be more interesting than just playing a game with her using her power. Yeah. As long as it's, I get, cause she seems like she's old enough now, like probably late teens, but yeah, I was gonna say if it was one of those cliche things where I could see like, you know, when, when kids like, you know, Oh no, they're going through puberty. They can't control their, their <laughs> bodies changing and their hormones. And yeah, that's what's making them go crazy. But she's old enough. Or that that won't be the case. It's like, are you losing control or are you just thirteen? Yeah. What's the problem here? <laughs> yeah, what, what's going on? Yeah, uh, but yeah, that that could be interesting. I I'm I'm really. I mean, there's of course a lot of stuff that can happen in between that. Like you, you know, clearly she's saved. You know, it's just showing that okay, she grew up. Yada yada. She says goodbye to her dad, who she knows nothing about, unless her mom and Chris are like. Yeah, that's what your dad did. You know, he saved everybody. You know, yada yada, whatever. Mm-hmm. But 
it's like, I don't know why you have this affinity for your dad, you know, I guess. I mean, I, I don't know. I've never, I'm assuming that's what really happens with people when their parents die when they're just a baby. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. I, I feel like, or maybe like if she's the DLC, but I feel like there's such a huge gap between the end and that that they could, they could easily fill in with, with other games. I'm also curious if they're going to keep doing this remake mainline kind of cadence that they're doing because of course the next remake would be four so are they going to remake four because i really like two the two and three remakes i think they're really good mm-hmm. yeah. they've remade like... four no they've remastered four a few times huh yeah it's like the did... same game with just updated graphics yeah not even not even that they just they made it fit bigger tvs but the <laughs> assets themselves aren't like oh here's you know 1080p or 4k assets it's just like oh it looks not as shitty on your tv but it's still you know instead of being stretched it's like oh we explored it in high resolution or quote high resolution but everything uh-huh. still looks like you know it's the year 2000 but you just yeah. you just made the bitmap bigger and then shrunk it back down yeah <laughs> that's all you did yeah it's 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 weird stuff but yeah we'll see what happens there that'll be interesting to see mm-hmm. but yeah, who knows where they're going to go next uh, and what kind of word because the word would have to be able to fit an I and an X in the title if they want to do their fancy hidden numerals things mm-hmm. in it, uh, like to do with seven and village. But yeah, it'll be interesting stuff. Uh, and then yeah, after after I beat Resident Evil, I picked up Subnautica Below Zero. That came out this Friday. It actually came out on thursday night of course so that was the weird thing i noticed too was like i so i pre-ordered that game early in the week and it goes oh it's you know at part of the, it's like tuesday it's like oh you can start down you can preload it so i preload it and it's like oh it unlocks in at the time this is like on wednesday it's like oh it unlocks in 12 hours it's like 12 hours i was like that's like 8 a.m on thursday the hell's that oh and then, yeah and then uh lo and behold i find out later that it's it defaulted for some reason on, on PS5. It defaults to like New Zealand time uh, for when it releases over there. And then, but once you actually hit that, if you're in North America, then it jumps to the Eastern, the Eastern midnight time, which is for Thursday, which is really weird. I was like, oh, if I knew it was, because in my head, I was like, oh man, if I knew it was going to come out then, I would have taken an extra day because I took Wednesday off for my birthday. And I was like, I would have taken Thursday off as well, <laughs> just, just for fun. But, to play this game but i guess it's a good thing i didn't because i wouldn't be able to play it at all but yeah i have played i'm only like 10 hours in uh so far but yeah i'm really enjoying it they did a lot of i wish shame is he's not here to talk about it <clears throat> i don't know if he's actually started playing it or not but uh they made a a lot of really nice quality of life did you play the first one or watch anybody play the first one um not like the most recent release of it i think maybe like when it first came out and then maybe when they did a big update i watched some people play it but not when it was like finished i guess mm-hmm. okay yeah they they i really like the first Sonatica. um they also released the the ps5 version for people who own it on disc or uh, digitally you can get the the digital ps5 one for free um i'd be curious to try that out see if they i'm I don't know if they bumped it up to 60 frames or if it's just like higher. Like I, I'm curious exactly what's uh, changed about it. But yeah, I, I really like the original Subnautica and this one, just the, the quality of life stuff is just, it's really nice what they did, all the changes. They also made it a little more like explorer friendly, I suppose you can put it. Like there's a lot of opportunities to refill your oxygen essentially. 
but that does kind of make it to where I've I've been a little more dangerous, I guess, with my exploration. Where I've I've actually in the first game didn't die at all, no deaths. Uh, and this one, I was like, I should start it on hardcore. That'd be kind of fun to play. Like my first playthrough, playing on hardcore to where if I die, I'm done. But I was like, ah, no, I guess I'll just play it on standard. And there's been a couple times where I'm pushing that oxygen, the O2 limit, because I'm trying to explore stuff. And all of a sudden, you know, I run out of breath. And I'm like, all right. And it's like, okay, you lost some items. Like, oh, well, I lost some items. But but, uh, because of those new oxygen kind of mechanics they put in there. But yeah, I'm I'm liking it a lot so far. Uh, I think the the story is interesting. It's weird, too, going from... So the first Subnautica was like silent protagonist, but you find all the audio logs. You have the the AI that is, you know, something else that talks. There's other, other things to communicate, but you don't actually say anything. But in this one, like, it's a voice protagonist. You have the AI, of course, says stuff just like in the first one. Usually it's just survival bits, you know, stuff like that. There's all the audio logs. There's another character that you you find as well. Um, who's in the trailer of course and then there you know there's some other stuff as well so there's a lot more dialogue stuff which is interesting but yeah it's it's weird sometimes i forget that the character can talk until she says something i'm like oh that's right she uh she can talk <laughs> the map i it is you know people talk about oh the map's smaller it is i've noticed it is smaller than the original subnautica i feel like that's fine because while i love the og subnautica or the first one rather it is a lot of just traveling. Like there are mm-hmm. huge biomes, but you don't do a whole lot in those biomes. And it's just like, okay, time to go travel out, you know, 1500 meters for some reason to get to this biome where I'm not going to do a whole lot over there. So I kind of like how it's a little more compact. There's of course, there's a lot of depth. I mean, just like in the original Sabaka, there's a lot of like, you know, cave systems you can explore and this and that. And that's how you kind of get to the lower sections you expand. And, I really like the way they they expand in this and they kind of push the player to be like, oh, explore this spot, explore this spot. But I I don't... The one thing I don't like as much is the... In the first game, you get this, like, Seamoth, which is this little portable, like, uh, single-person exploratory vehicle, which is really nice. And then in this, you get this thing called a Sea Truck. But my problem with the Sea Truck versus the Seamoth is that the Seamoth would level itself out and the sea truck doesn't, so I get disoriented a lot when, like, if I'm in like a big dark place where I can't see the ground or anything, I can kind of orient myself against. So I'll be like exploring, it's just big darkness, like, oh, you're you're reaching maximum capacity, like for the pressure that this can take, for the depth it can go. And I'm like, okay, I'm gonna stop. And then I I hit like the L1, which is supposed to take you up, and then it makes you ascend, and then you have the R1 is descend. So I'm like, oh, I'll, I'll ascend. But like I'm angled weird, and I don't know it because like you turn and the thing like pivots, and it's like you're in, in zero G. It's It levels itself out eventually, but it takes a long time, so it really throws me off. I'm like, oh, man, I feel like I'm in dead space just in a zero gravity section. I'm just getting so discombobulated here with this big <laughs> truck. But they, also, they do do some stuff where it's like, it doesn't seem, at least I haven't found so far, like there is a big submarine like in the first one that you can build. But the sea truck allows you to build, you can find these uh, capsule expansion pieces, like these little components. And like a truck, you essentially back, you set them up, and then you can back the sea the truck into these. And then you got, you're like a semi made up of 
like a centipede semi essentially because you're made up these little sections it's like oh you can get out your seat and this section's like extra storage this section is where you can fabricate stuff and this section is an aquarium if you want to capture any live you know eggs or sea animals i guess like i guess fish um to cook later or something in the truck and like you can extend the length of this sea truck as much as you want it of course costs materials to make this stuff but and then it also makes it much harder to navigate like i'm i started bumping into stuff all the time i have only two components on my sea truck and it's just like i'm smacking into everything i just see like health bars going <laughs> well down. i like, don't have that anymore because it broke off on that coral <laughs> yeah luckily it's nice because you can you can take off each segment so it's like maybe if you want to go explore some big part you can take off the all the segments and just pilot the the main chassis and then go explore something but I, I do notice, though, I think because of the added O2 uh, opportunities they give you, I feel like you can't explore on your own for quite as long as you could in the original Subnautica. Uh, I was in a section where, like, I... It was funny, because just like in the first Subnautica, I had this part where, like, I found a laser cutter blueprint or components, and you scan them to get the blueprint piece. I need three of them. I only found two, and I was like, great. I'm going to, it's like, a, I haven't found the third one, so I can't make the laser cutter, uh, which I guess is fine because one of the components needed was diamond. And at that point I wouldn't have found diamond, but yeah, it's like, I found this like place where I needed to use a laser cutter to get inside uh, a lot like in the first game and I didn't have it. So I'm like, okay, I can't explore here. I'll go back later. But then later on, I go back and I'm exploring this, this place. I'm underwater for so long that you just lose. And I have like the, the tier three oxygen tank, which I think is probably going to be the highest one you can get. And it, the depth of this stuff I'm looking through is like so low that my oxygen consumption is increased because of the pressure. And it's just like, yeah, you can't really explore it for that long. And there are, so basically the way the O2 thing works is there's like these plants that have these O2 bubbles and you, you know, hit X on them, they refill some of your oxygen and they grow around this place, but they take a while to respond. So it's not like a, you can just keep hitting them. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to time it right. And if I, that's one of the reasons I died one time is because I explored too far and trying to get everything as far as I could in this place to make sure I get all the lore pieces, all the scannables, all the items that are in there. And then it's like, oh, your auction are down. I go back and I'm like, oh, and then I got lost. I'm like, oh crap. Like I got, I got turned around inside this place. So where am I? And then I died. And it's like, oh, I gotta go get whatever I dropped. But that's the only thing is like it, it, it just doesn't seem like you can last as long. But yeah, we'll see. I'm I'm curious maybe if there's going to be like a a better mask I could get possibly because I, I can't remember if in the first one that was one of the things like if there was a a better like rebreather that you can get or something that extends the O2 length. Mm-hmm. Um, there there probably is, but uh, see, it. I do like some of the. They also added new rooms. Like there's this large room you can build, which is really cool. I'm like, oh man. I wish it could have been a large room like this. And it's funny because the map is a little bit smaller. I mean, even the first one, I didn't really like building two bases. Like I had my one base in the shallows and then I would just use the the submarine as a second home when I go explore everything else. And I would just go back to my main base when I really wanted to go anywhere. And I know Izzy was like most players usually will build a second base near the inactive lava zone because it's like the kind of the main point to the end game stuff so you kind of build one there and it's nice they added this one there's like these floating underwater lockers you can make 
which you only use at the beginning when you need some extra storage and then eventually you get rid of them. But there's one they call them like a quantum locker where like any item you put in it is shared across the other quantum lockers. I was like, oh, that's that's really good because then you can just take some of those around, put them in a place you want to harvest materials, like extra ones, I guess, put it in there. And then when you go back to your main hub, you just open up the quantum locker and hey, you've got access to all that stuff. You can put it into your main lockers. But I don't know if it's like an A to B situation or if I build four of them, all four of them link to each other. And then I'm like, okay, well, the float float lockers don't have a lot of space. So if I make quantum lockers, if I make two of them, does that increase the space? And if I make a third one, does that space go up and it just keeps being shareable? Like I, I'm really curious how that mechanic works. I just mm-hmm. haven't, haven't made one yet, but yeah, uh, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. It's a fun game. I, I definitely, Subnautica is one of my favorite series. Uh, one of my favorite like survival games. It's just, it's just so good. I love the, the exploration. It's just a lot of fun and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm really enjoying a below zero so far. But yeah, other than that, I haven't uh, haven't played much of anything else. I tried playing Path of Exile because I didn't realize it was a free-to-play game. So I downloaded that a while ago, and I tried giving that a go. I figured, okay, it's kind of like Diablo. Maybe I'll, I'll try it out. And I didn't realize, too, that it was also like an online game. Like, there's a hub city where you can see, like, all these other players. Like, that's weird. And then <clears throat> I played it a bit, and just, I don't know. I'm not feeling it. Probably won't keep playing it. I was just giving it a go, seeing if I... Well, in between, once I beat Village, waiting for Sonatica, it's like I need to play something between now and then just to pass the time. But yeah, I don't know if I'll keep going with that. And then probably after Sonatica, I'll finally play, uh, oh my gosh, what's that? Disco Elysium. Uh, I'll probably play that at some point, but we'll see. I know there's we got Ratchet and Clank coming out next month. Uh, I think, I don't know if there's anything else coming out this month. I know we had just talked about game releases too but Spinaco is kind of the the main one i was looking forward to yeah so i'm playing finished castlevania season four final season that was really good i'm curious to see if that means that the the devil may cry series will come out next because i know they're supposed to be working on that we'll see what uh what happens there but yeah that's uh basically it. i tried looking to see if there's anything news wise that i missed that was worth talking about but <clears throat> I can't find anything. So yeah, we'll uh we'll wrap it up there. And thank you all for tuning in. Listen, thank you, Zaya, for joining. Mm-hmm. And we'll see you all next time. Bye!